Saints and Ains, how are you? What's good with y'all? I hope you're blessed and highly favored. Uh, if you're not, then I don't know what to do. Your breath smells really good. Because I brushed them. No, I smell like it's like you ate some candy or something. An apple. Dang. Natural candy. Yeah, I, I guess. Can you... I've, I've always thought about people like those, those fruits or those food items that are actually a little bit strange that somebody had to be the first person to eat it, for example. What? <laughs> like... So there is a human being that had a cow, okay? And they realized that if they pull on these little things under the cow, that white stuff comes out. And they said, oh, I should drink that. But, <laughs> like, what kind of, yeah. But then you have a person who had chickens. And then one day, this thing, this white little ball came out of the chicken's butt and they said oh i'm gonna crack it and they cracked it and it was a yellow that's not yucky gummy thing and they said oh i'm gonna put that on some heat and eat it <laughs> like that just that don't seem weird i, I think i think it, throughout history a lot of people just ate stuff because they were just desperate i know I, they didn't have any option right but that's still that's a that's it's, a risk it's, it's just the weird stuff that we eat like quinoa I just don't know why people eat quinoa. Because it's a protein. But it tastes like a whole bunch of baby eggs. But it's very good for you. But it's so nasty. And it's a grain. I want to puke every time it's in my mouth. It's great for you, though. It's like, oh, we going to eat this. Larvae. But you you rather just eat... Uh, what's some things you eat? Twizzlers? Twizzlers literally taste like wound up plastic. That, that's, no, they do not. They taste like plastic. They do not Th- taste there's, like There's plastic. no way it's food. It's not It's not an actual... Why would you say that? It's like next to blasphemy. They, <laughs> they're really good. <laughs> they're not. Whatever. They're, what are we talking about today? I, like, you got to get off Twizzlers. What, what are we talking they about They taste today? like belts. Twizzlers are really good. They're, they're, they're not. But anywho, our anniversary was March 1st. And it was interesting to me that on Twitter and Instagram, there were a few people saying, hey, how did y'all meet? And... I guess I forgot that there are a lot of people that are new to us that would not know that our story has been documented (laughs) since the beginning. Absolutely. Um, And so I guess I thought it would be helpful for us to walk through, one, how we met, and then how the Lord led us to know that we were for each other. Because I think that's a question that many single people have is, how do I know when the one is the one? Even though I think the language of the one is a a little unhelpful and unuseful, and you don't even see it in the scriptures. But, um, because what if someone has a widow? Was that they're one like yeah but that's me being uh, that's another podcast that's me being complicated and so i think with that we just want to walk through our story and hopefully the lord will use it to guide you yeah so how we meet how i meet you so i met jackie was it oh nine oh ten i always forget so i met you want me to tell the story since no, I, 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 I'm just I, I know more details than you obviously it you can tell it okay. I, I just don't know if it was oh nine oh ten so 2009 march wow <laughs> you know the whole month oh <laughs> <laughs> but isn't it ironic that we got married in March and we met in March? I never thought about that. See? That's crazy. Um, so I was living in St. Louis. I had been a Christian maybe six or seven months. And I had got invited to come to a ministry called Passion for Christ Movement in L.A. to do a poem called My Life as a Stud. I was only able to do the poem because I got on academic suspension at this Bible college because I never did any of my homework. And so there we go again, the sovereign hand of God using the sins of other people to accomplish good. And so I I went to L.A. to do this poem and I'm sitting in the crowd uh, during the event. It was called Lyricist Lounge at the time. 
And this guy from Chicago walks on the stage named Preston Perry with this other young lady named Itohan Amalere. And they did this poem called Soul Ties. At that point, I was new to Christian poetry. So I had never heard or seen poems with two people. So I was really intrigued. And I was more intrigued, not really by Preston, but by Ito. Because if you ever heard Itohan Abelere, <laughs> the way she writes poetry is as if she floated on a cloud up into the throne, got some messages from God, came back down, wrote it down, and gave it to us and expects us to understand what the heck it is. Yeah, that she's all of her about. friends literally call her Stillwater because Stillwater is the deepest part of the lake and she's so deep. Yeah, I had no idea what she was talking about. Yeah. But you, I understood what you were talking about. Because <laughs> I was a bad poet. You weren't a bad poet, but you were clear. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. were a clear communicator and you could tell that you probably had a rap background because a lot of your poem was super, super rhymy. And so I was just intrigued by you. And y'all poem was about how y'all was just smashing people all the time. And I was like, oh, so he was a, he was, how do you say it? What Santa Claus says, he was a ho, ho, ho. And so I was just like, wow, Christian's out You here. out of control, Chris. bucko. <laughs> 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 There's Christians in the world that are sexually broken just like me. And so then it's your turn. Yeah, so, yeah, after P4CM um, that night. No, it's not the part. What? You met me at the back of the the bathroom. Oh yeah, that's 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 okay. I'm sorry. So after Jackie um, get on the stage, I, you you close the night actually. Yeah. Uh, with my life as a stud, she got on the, the stage and she talked about you know her life as you know a, a, a ex homosexual. And at that time, just like she never seen two people do a collaborating poem, I never saw a girl that was that talented, um, that. Yeah, just biblical knowledge spewing from her mouth. I never saw that. So, like, literally in my proposal poem, I explained, like, I was in, I was, I was, yeah, I was amazed and I was shocked. And I remember sitting next to Ito and I literally remember asking Ito, like, who is this girl? So I remember after she got off the stage, she was kind of in tears and she walked to the back of the, the venue and I just went and tried to go find her. And I finally found her by the bathroom and I just walked up to you. And I hugged you. You hugged me? <laughs> yes. You hugged me? Yes. I hugged you. I said, I just want to hug you because I never heard anybody that honest. We talked about this before. I just don't remember that part. <laughs> yes. I hugged you and you kind of looked at me and then you you was like, um, yeah, your poem was good too. Your poem was good too, but um, you were holding back yeah. on your performance. And I was like... Because this is the Who thing. Who is this girl? <laughs> this I didn't know. Correcting me the first 20 seconds of meeting me. I didn't know much about poetry or performance, but I knew enough to see when somebody was not giving their all. And at that time, I was definitely not as tempered in my honesty. <laughs> like I was very, very, very honest to the point of just sin a lot of times. But I think that that actually is what connected us as friends, because that's something that you value is people that not only see you, but can tell you the truth. Real quick story. I want to just tell people why I felt like I wasn't prepared for soul ties at night right because i went into the night not supposed to do no i wasn't supposed to do soul ties i was supposed to do a poem called jesus is god and 10 minutes before i went on the stage the person behind the whole lyricist lounge p4cm said you know what i want y'all to do y'all collaboration poem right so on the fly we had to do <laughs> soul ties so for all those who are a fan of the poem soul ties that's a quick you know but god knew what he was doing because the poem did great on youtube and all that yeah. but um so from there. So from there, I think the the next day, um, the top three 
um, poets of the night got to go and do a poetry class with this talented poet at the time named B. Young. And the top three poems of the night was um, my poem, Soul Ties, uh, Jackie's poem, My Life is a Stud, and Ezekiel's poem, Almost Saved. Yeah, me, me, Ezekiel, Jeanette, Preston met the same night. Yeah. Which yeah. is crazy. Yeah. Um, but from there, like, when I first met Preston, I was not looking at him like a potential husband nah. because I was fresh out the world. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like my my aim was I'm thinking, you know what, I think I'ma probably be single. I don't really like men. He got a goatee, you know, he he's he's really masculine. I just I don't I don't know what to do with none of that. I yeah. I still like women. I'd be with a woman right now if I didn't love Jesus like I do. And so I was uninterested. And so my main thing was I think I could be cool with this guy. Because you were honestly one of the first Christian men that I met that wasn't corny. Like, uh. <laughs> Christian guys can be so corny. And I get it. Sometimes it's a fruit of having two parents. It's really sweet. <laughs> it's awesome. But I could, I could tell you never sat down to dinner with your family. Like I you always can- wanted to, though. <laughs> I can tell that was, was not so a thing. I was so jealous. I could tell that wasn't a thing for you. I could tell you was on the block. I could tell you was out there eating, eating, eating fried rice. And you was attracted to that. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you was crazy. So, yeah, for the same thing for me. Like I wasn't, I wasn't attracted to Jackie. I thought she was, you know, a cute girl, but I wasn't romantically attracted to her. I, I just, I like one. Her honesty was refreshing. Mm-hmm. So like we after after that whole, you know, lyricist lounge, we started traveling. We started seeing each other, um, you know, in yeah. different parts of the country um, doing shows. And we just became friends. Yeah. And we were friends for like three years. Uh, we had a lot of events in Chicago, my hometown at the time. And she would fly down and, you know, and we would spend long nights at our friend Ito house. Mm-hmm. And we just spent a lot of time with each other. And we were friends for like three years yeah. without any romantic, you know, um. Yeah, like nothing there. It, it was just kind of like a real friendship. I would call Jackie and get relationship advice from her. Because this, um, is, this <laughs> is how Preston was as a single man. Preston was very popular in Chicago. Yeah. And so Christian women can be some of the thirstiest women. I'm pretty sure y'all uh, have seen it or you are it. Uh, but mm-hmm. I'm just saying, um, and so for that reason, he had a lot of women who wanted to be near him, who wanted him. And Preston had, um, uh, a naivete about him where he sometimes couldn't see through motives. And so glory be to God that he gave him some discerning women. And so there was one girl in particular I had met that he was around and I was like, she's a a ball of lust. Like she, she she is not somebody that you need to be around. And I remember that. That's like our second year of our friendship. And I was like, what you talking about, Jackie? And that's, and it, it, it came to be that that's, yeah, she just wasn't, she was what uh, Proverbs was talking about. Yeah. So one time I almost fell with her true story and she was at the restaurant and she wanted me to go back to her house with her. And what did I do, Jackie? I don't, I don't know. Remember I went in the bathroom and I called you. You called me? Yeah. You don't remember nothing. I don't remember these things. Re- remember, I was in like, I was in like the suburb of, of Chicago. What did, what did I say? You said, Preston, go home right now. <laughs> you don't remember that? <laughs> yeah. And I called Jackie because I was like, I need to call somebody that's going to be honest with me. I'm going to call somebody who's going to tell me the truth. And I went home. 
So do you want to tell the story of your process um, before, I guess, coming to recognize that you should pursue me? Just because I think a lot of men find themselves confused on not knowing what to do when it comes to, one, pursuing a woman, or there is the predicament that a lot of men find themselves in, especially in Atlanta, where they have so many options that it actually makes them difficult or or makes it a difficult task to be able to discern which option is actually from the Lord, which I think you, you could say that you were in that position. Okay. Yeah. So, um, at like the third year, me and Jackie, we were just friends. I started dating this other girl who was actually a friend of Jackie and a friend of mine. And, um, the thing about that relationship that I, that I, that I was in, um, yeah, I, I cared about the girl, but in a lot of ways, I tried to force something that wasn't, it just wasn't there. Why were you forcing it? I was forcing it because, uh, like you said, I was this I was this young poet um, mm-hmm. in Chicago. Uh, I did get a lot of attention um, in Chicago because of that. Right. And I was trying to flee lust. At the same time, I was trying to, you know, yeah, just trying to be holy, but at the same time had a desire for marriage, mm-hmm. but at the same time didn't have discipleship, didn't have right. nobody to, you know, um, to, to tell me how to look for a good which wife. Is, I was which just, is huge. Which was, which is really huge. So, you know, I was, I, I found myself in this deep relationship and I found myself wanting to force a, a relationship with this girl and to force, you know, this girl potentially being my wife when God didn't say so, just because I felt that pressure, you know, this will, in, you know, me having to just flee temptation all the time. At, and, at any point in your situationship, did you communicate? <laughs> Why you keep calling this situation? Because it wasn't a relationship. Yeah, it was a which situation. Is, which is part of the, the thing that I'm getting at, is that at any point, you were clear that you were forcing something, but were your unintentional communications to her, did, it, did you ever make it seem like you actually planned on going farther with her than you actually intended to go? Because I actually considered it. So, yeah, so, yeah, I did. So, so this is the thing. So when I was, when I was dating this particular female, um, uh, I, at first I did not feel like, you know, this, this person was for me. But I I enjoyed her company. I actually care for. Okay. I care for. But what happened was we we kept ca- crossing boundaries. You warned us, Preston, watch out, yada yada yada, um, and we fell into sin. Right. And I remember calling you. People remember the story that I told when I called you and confessed that I you know fell into sin and I was broken to all my friends uh, about this relationship that I was in. And I told her, I said, you know what. I'm going to have to separate from you from a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that I'm just going to completely, you know, cut you off, but I want to seek the Lord. And did, because you, did be- the Lord like drive you to do that? Yes. Well, okay. the the Lord, the Lord did because I had to fall. I had to fall into sin to be broken over my sin to 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 to, to step back and to re- reevaluate this whole situation that yeah. I was in. And when I stepped back and I said, "You know what? I'm going to pray." I was like, because either I'm going to marry you, mm-hmm. or we can't, we can't, we, we can't, can't be, in, we can't keep going. Yeah. So what I did was I was like, let me stop playing with this girl. Yeah. Let me really seek the Lord to see if she's my wife. Yeah. You know what I mean? Let me, let me. I, I marry her. She was pretty. She, she, she begged really well. Uh, she, you know. So, so this is a part that wait, Preston me, is not mentioning <laughs> that added to his confusion. It isn't that she was pretty and that she baked. Is that she did 
everything for Preston. She functioned like a wife without even the title of a girlfriend, which obviously would put you in a position where you think, oh, this is obviously my wife because she's doing wifely things. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I, and I also I also don't want to don't want to just paint her in the bed like not saying you're doing that. Yeah. But I want to I want to communicate that I was very irresponsible with her heart. And I and I didn't have discipleship. And I, I, you know, and I led her own in a lot of ways. You did. Um, and yeah. And, and so, so because of that, I didn't even, I didn't even know what a good wife looked like. So everything that she did, let me know, oh, she'll be a good wife. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know she wasn't a good wife for me. Mm, that makes sense. You know, I, I didn't know that. So I, I was like, I don't, I didn't feel the way I felt when God kind of showed me you were my wife. Yeah. But I was like, you know what? Let me, let me seek the Lord. So in seeking the Lord, I separated from her. And when I was praying about the whole situation, um, God slowly but surely started to reveal things to me that, you know, this person is not for you. Mm-hmm. But then also he started to show me that everything that I had prayed for in a wife, not only did she not have, mm-hmm. but my friend Jackie Hill yeah, at the time. <laughs> had. Yeah. I prayed for a wife that would love theology. You did that. You love theology. I pray for a wife who was creative. You were creative. I pray for a wife who would understand my poetry. I didn't want to be with somebody who <laughs> didn't understand a metaphor when I wrote it. Yeah. You did that. I pray for a wife that can cook. I pray for a wife with natural hair. I pray for all the things that I pray for. And I was I was sitting in my room one day and I was like, are you trying to say to Jackie's my wife? That's weird. It's it was it was super strange and I was like so I, that's when I started to consider and then God kind of showed me like not only is Jackie your wife you love her mm-hmm. not in this like mushy romantic I want to you know go yeah. and like it's like no you genuinely have a love for her right. that I that that I'm gonna create I'm gonna allow to grow yeah. into a romance and I was like this is deep it is deep so I like so it took sin. For me to 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 fall flat on my face and to and to and to depend on God in a way that I wasn't dependent on Him before when it came to my wife, and in that He showed me who was not my wife, and yeah. He showed me who was my wife. Because I think a, a really important aspect of what you're saying, uh, or that you're saying that you lacked, was discipleship. And even if you didn't have a discipler, I think even if you just had a father figure. Because so many of your mistakes were out of ignorance. Yeah. You didn't know what a wife looked like. You didn't know how to pursue a woman. You didn't know how to flesh out your feelings while at the same time guard her from uh, getting or uh, feeling things that she should not feel at a certain time or treating you in a way that she didn't have the, I think, leverage or the, the like, y- you didn't have the information you needed to love her and to love God in the way that he was calling you to as a man. Mm-hmm. And so I think that it's, it be it's it's dope now i think that you as a man um and other men connect to other men and i i remember telling my friend or me and my single friend because all of my friends are single but we were talking about how there's such um a lack of men pursuing women. And she was like, it's because it's a lack of men pursuing men. There's not enough discipleship. Yeah. Therefore we don't see enough yeah. marriages. Yeah. God, God was very intentional and he was very good in, um, 
allowing me to see that she wasn't my wife and then allowing me to see that you were and then um, putting me in a season of brokenness where I had to pray about my relationship with you. But then also, like, at the same time, placing a man who will walk with me for the next seven years in yeah. my life at the same time yeah. when I started Pursue You, he, he, he sent Brian Dye to us. Yeah. And Brian Dye became a mentor kind of to both of us yeah. and gave you your job in Chicago, which allowed you to move to Chicago and then start. You this, you you going too fast. I ain't even told my story yet, sir. This, what, what, what story? I haven't even told my side. You've been talking for 16 minutes. Oh, well, tell your side. We got nine minutes. It's 30 minutes with the Bears, not 45. Oh, it's, it's only, okay, gotcha. Um, so... During this time that I guess Preston is processing his own <laughs> individual uh, feelings and things, uh, maybe a year before Preston began to pursue me, I started to have this affection for him. And so if you know my past, knowing that um, I, I come out of lesbianism and coming out of lesbianism doesn't mean not having lesbian affections any longer. It means not submitting to those affections, right? And so I always, always didn't, I didn't know if both would be able to exist in the same body. If I would be able to have an authentic and genuine affection for man in the same way that I had for women. So when I started to feel some type of way about Preston, I didn't know what to do with that. I was like, this is probably the enemy. <laughs> this is probably the devil. Trying to set me up. No, for real. I was like, this is probably the devil trying to distract me from my purpose. God has a ministry for me and he is trying to tempt me to lust. It's probably because I'm bored. You know, I ain't had nobody to text in a long time. So he like, let me drop Preston in your spirit so I can distract <laughs> you. And so I told, <laughs> I lived with my discipler at the time. And I told her, I said, I think, I think I like Preston Perry. And I was like, what am I supposed to do? And she, like most uh, wise women, just said, pray about it. And I'm actually mildly being sarcastic because she didn't give me any practical thing to do except to pray. And so for a year, I prayed. And in that year, I never told you that I liked you. I never let on that I liked you. I only really told wise people around me because I just felt like, I don't know, part of it is... I'm not the most vulnerable woman in the world. And so it's not natural for me to let somebody in on how I feel. Mm -hmm. But I also felt like not telling you gave you the room to actually have to hear from God on if this relationship is is, is a thing of God or if it's motivated by my pursuit of you. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Yeah. And so I just kept it to myself. But it got to a point where it felt like I couldn't contain it. Like when I was around you, I wanted to sit next to you. It was just bubbling over. You just liked me a lot, a whole lot. Like I was saying, uh, <laughs> it got to a point where it, I felt like my affections were about to show themselves yeah. and I didn't want that to happen. And so I told God, I said, God, I don't, I don't know what your will is for me and Preston. Um, but if your will is for us to be together, then lay it on his heart to pursue me. Um, but if it's your will for us to be friends, then give me the self-control to treat him like a brother and not like a crush. I said that two weeks before you called me. And how long was your little prayer break? Uh, it was like a, it was a month, but it was you said it was two weeks yeah. before you called me. Yeah, yeah. And so basically, while you're praying, I'm praying, and we're praying on separate ends, but have no idea about it. Yeah. And so when you text me, you were like, I, "I need to talk to you about something." I literally knew this was the Lord answering my prayer and it scared the mess out of me. Because you know, when you ask God for stuff, you don't really think he's going to do it specifically. Yeah. Like you think, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to be Christian. I'm just trying to be saved. <laughs> but when you had the audacity to call me and say, hey, 
I think the Lord wants me to pursue you. I said, this is the strangest thing I've ever experienced <laughs> in my entire life. And the crazy thing is I did not, I had no idea that you liked me. And I remember going to my friend Ito about it and you told Ito. Yeah. And my friend Ito, she's a very loyal person. Even though she's my closest female friend, she did not let me know one time. Yeah. And I remember telling her like, Ito... God wants me to pursue Jackie, but she doesn't like me. I think she thinks I'm ugly, low key. Because <laughs> she would just always make like jokes or whatever. Yeah. Or, like, yeah. And she was like, Preston, just do it. Do what the Lord is leading you to do. And so she would smile. And I was like, okay. And I, I always appreciated you for that because I think that if I had known that you liked me, I think it would have. I think I think I wouldn't have been dependent on God the way I, I was. Yeah. And I don't. I don't think that God would have let me. And and I th- and I think our situation is unique. Uh, I would never be as as black and white as to say that if a woman lets a man know that she has feelings for him, that she's in sin or she's wrong or she's a Jezebel. I wouldn't say that, but I do think that there is some wisdom in the restraint of such information. Yeah, because it does put the man in the position to have to hear from God and have to be led by God in his pursuit of you. Uh, apart from your motivation and your invitation. Because if you look at it, that the relationship that I was in before I pursued you, that, that's exactly what happened. Right. I think that she let me know, you know, I will be a good wife. And so, like, I, I tried to implement all the things that she was showing me in my decision. Mm. And I wasn't seeking God. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah, you're doing this and you're doing that. And it, and it clouded my vision. Yeah. And it's, I'm not putting it on her because right. I was supposed to leave that situation and I did and I failed. Yeah. But I'm just saying, I think that with you, I just had to trust God. Yeah. And I just had to, like, seek the Lord um, so for, yeah. This is a question I have. So a lot of people tend to lean on some type of vision or dream or prophetic message from God as evidence for who their spouse is going to be. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is potentially dangerous. And this is why, because we underestimate how our own hearts desires motivate what we think God is saying. Absolutely. And even if you consider, uh, this is a super, I've used this before on the podcast. This is a super dramatic example, but most false religions have come out of people saying God has given them Visions. a vision, yep. a dream, or a word, Absolutely. right? And so obviously these kinds of things are not trustworthy. But at the same time, we both distinctly felt led of God and even felt is subjective, mm-hmm. felt led of God to say, this is our spouse. And so are, were there any, I guess, objective, practical things that... I embodied or that other people said that led you to the decision to say that this is my wife other than God. Well, let me let, let me just let me just address the whole false religion thing and I want to connect it to your your your, your, your uh, question. I think the the difference between all of these people who had visions and I think we can relate to people who say I had a vision this person was my husband, I had a vision this person was my wife. Uh, a lot of times these people who started false religions, their vision was not um, confirmed by scripture or other people around them. Mm. That's true. Right? When Charles Taze Russell started the Jeho- Jehovah's Witnesses, it was a vision that he had alone mm-hmm. and everybody that trusted it just had to trust in what God showed him alone. Yeah. There was nobody around him to say... Because everybody around him would have pushed back and said that yes. this isn't true. Yeah. Yeah. Joseph Smith with the, you know... Mormons. Mormons. Yeah. You know, like, who's... St- yeah. 
so I, so with that being said, I think that when we have these visions, when we have these dreams, mm-hmm. that somebody is our spouse. One, it is very important to be in community. Mm-hmm. And I allow this this person to say, you know what? I've been outside of your life looking in. Mm-hmm. I see your gifts. I see your talents. I see your your gift. I'm not saying this person is just is not your spouse. I'm not saying this person is your spouse. Yeah. But how does this person help you glorify God? That's good. Yeah. Right. Because at the end of the day, the person that I was with, even though it looked like a good spouse yeah. to me, they would not help you love the Lord and neighbor. Not at all. When I say not at all, not even a little bit. Which is a huge and an important question is, will this person help me serve God better? Yes. Which is because it's saying I'm serving God now, hypothetically, as a single person, right? The single person, uh, their anxieties on things of God. But it's like if I leave my singleness to be with you. It better be for greater glory and greater ministry than what I'm experiencing. Absolutely. And that actually will help you sift through a whole lot of people. (laughs) Because if it's just that you're cute and it's just that you make me smile and it's just that you make me happy, that's not sufficient enough to sustain a marriage. That's not going to last. Because even when we old and wrinkled, and I'm studying some apologetic stuff. I'm still going to come in your room and say, Jackie, help me process through <laughs> Jackie, this. Jackie, help me process You know what I'm saying? Like, and I think, I think that's, I think ultimately we love each other. Mm-hmm. We have beautiful children. Like, that's all great. But at the end of the day, God has put us together for his glory. Right. Ephesians, I, Ephesians 5. Yeah. And, and I, so I think, I think that if you are with somebody and this person does, if you don't think about how does this person help me glorify God better, it's probably rooted in your own crush and your own selfishness. My God. Um, you know, not selfishness, but yeah, your own crush and your own motives. Desires. Desires. Yeah. You, you, you know, and it's nothing wrong with desires. Yeah. It's just they have to be Christ centered yeah. desires. To your point, some practical, uh, objective ways to discern if a person might be your spouse is, can this her- per- person assist me in glorifying God to the best of my abilities? Yes. Um, does my community, and by community, I don't mean just friends <laughs> that think like you and talk like you, but wiser, older pastors, leaders, elders, women, mothers yes. of the church. Would they walk alongside me and say, oh, I see that being best for you, or ah, I, I think you should pray about that. Those two yeah. options. I think another one, I think this is in, uh, I think this is um, in submission to the first one about glorifying God. One of the interesting things about you is that when we would be together, I found myself thinking through how I could see myself following you in whatever vision God had for you, which Mm. is huge. Yeah. Uh, I remember you telling me that. Yeah. Because I thought about, man, he's an evangelist. He, he, I could see him going on missions. I could see him doing this for the Lord. And I would be willing to submit to that vision. Yeah. I think as a woman, that's important because if a man has a vision, one that I don't think that I have the gifts and the personality and the abilities to assist and improve as a helper, I don't know if I should be with this guy. Like there's probably some other women that's better for him. That's good. But also like, well, cause I want to value what you value. I want to love what you love. And I saw that I would have no problem with that. But also, I respected you. That's huge. That's a real big deal. That's important. Because it was like, man, 
I don't trust men. <laughs> like I, I was molested at five. My daddy wasn't there. Never had really any male figures in my life that loved me well. And so for me to see a man that was consistent, that loved Jesus, that loved the word, you had your issues, but you confessed them quickly and repented and grieved them. Um, to me, that meant I would be willing I can't say I will right now, <laughs> but I would be willing to submit to this man the scripture has commanded me to. And to me, that told me, I think this is my husband because I have never in all of my days been willing to say that I would submit to anybody other than God. <laughs> I can believe that. You know what I'm saying? And so I think that's important too is do you respect him? Do you trust him to not only lead you well, but he'll be the father of your children? Yeah. How he is as a man will rub off on the children that you bear outside of your womb or adopt or foster care. And so I think that's yeah. important uh, who you with. But so that's that's dope. Yeah, man. What about me? That's it? Yeah. I mean, this has been a long journey, but uh, <laughs> it's been a real long journey with you. <laughs> but God, God has been faithful to us. I mean, yeah, we just I, I, I think it's dope that God took two imperfect people, a person who came from the hood, who slept with all these women and just was just reckless and saved him. And then this woman who came from this, you know, homosexual lifestyle and just brought us together in our brokenness and gave us a love for one another, you yeah. know, for his glory. I I, I I just I'm thankful for the intentionality of God yeah. and the sovereignty of God in allowing us, even in our mistakes, um, to find one another and yeah, to 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 love one another. I'm grateful for God. Yeah, I, I think it's 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 cool, um, and I I can sense you know that there are probably people, women listening who who want to be married and who want to find their spouse and who want to, to know what to do. Um, and I know there's a plethora of books and conferences on contentment. And so that's not the route I'll go of contentment, but the route I will go is to say that where you are now is the best place you could be. Um, because you have a really good father who is control in, in control. Um, and so like for me, I wasn't looking for you. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I wasn't, I really didn't know. I was in school and got suspended out that thing, ended up in LA and there you are. And so it's all these circumstances that just worked out. And yeah. so I guess my encouragement is to just keep doing whatever it is that you're doing, loving the Lord, seeking the Lord, serving at uh, Target. I don't know what you do in your life, but keep doing it and allow the Lord to write your story, however that might be. Yeah. My encouragement to men is be led of God. Like, don't, um, I, I think that- Stop leading these girls on. And I think a My lot of times, God. I think a lot of times we can, you know, yeah, quickly put on, you know, women being led by their emotions, but in in a lot of ways, we are as well. Absolutely. And I think that we just have to be led of the Lord. Um, don't be out here telling girls that they, they're your wife and if you really haven't heard that from the Lord because it could do a lot of damage. But yeah, but just trust the Lord. Um, seek Him. And um, yeah, in due time, like everything kind of will fall into place because that's the way the Lord works. I mean, He He makes everything make sense when it's of, of Him. So, Amen. Yeah, man. Thank y'all for listening to this episode of 30 Minutes with Paris. And if you did not know, uh, if you go on YouTube and type uh, Preston's, uh, Preston's proposal to me, 
uh, via poem is online. We have a little mini documentary about our relationship that we did when we were engaged. Called Journey uh, to Covenant. Yeah, that's what's called. <laughs> uh, Soul Ties, Preston's first uh, public poem. Uh, My Life is Stud. All of that is on YouTube uh, 10 years ago. So, yeah. Yeah. All right, Love y'all. y'all. Adios. Peace.